Welcome, everybody, to the Next Wall podcast. Uh, we are doing this episode a little bit early this week uh, for a number of reasons, but most of all because of the tragic death of Kobe Bryant yesterday, his daughter Gianna, uh, seven other equally important victims. It's uh, it's really kind of a tragedy. I'm, it, I mean, it, it's a full-fledged tragedy. It's a hard thing to put into words. It's kind of a national, uh, at least communal, uh, amongst all of us, grieving process that I think all of us have been sh- uh, sharing and feeling in different ways and, uh, you know, a little bit from afar, seeing as how, you know, we we represent the opposite market. We're Knicks fans. We are, uh, we're, you know, had feelings of villainy and feelings of, of uh, you know, bad guyness with Kobe for years and years. And we all have stories we want to share about that before we get going. Uh, we've got Mike Cortez here with me. I've got Kyle Maggio. I've got Aaron Summers from the Knicks wall as well. Uh, we're going to plug all our stuff in just a little bit. We're part of the blue wire family, of course, but, uh, I just want to take a minute before we get going for everyone to just kind of share their initial reactions and anything they want to say first. I, I think it's fair to go with Aaron first as a guest here. Oh man. Uh, so I was playing 2k and then I just happened to be scrolling on Twitter and then I saw the, uh, initial like TMZ link. And then like, I'm assuming everybody did. I was just like, okay, this there's no, like, there's no way. Right. So then just keep scrolling and then more things come out. And then it's just still just, sh- just stunned, shocked, confused, lost for words really. Um, but, uh, yeah, just still in that sort of mindset. And y- yesterday was sad. Today was even more sad just looking back and just seeing more uh, videos and things on Twitter and, but uh, just very unfortunate, very tragic. Yeah. I, I didn't believe it at first. I was in kind of full denial mode. Um, I was walking my dogs when I found out I was with my wife and uh, I remember I said out like out loud to her, I was like, they, they're saying Kobe's dead. And she's like, like we like there's like there uh could be any other kobe you know it's like kobe it's like yeah like kobe bryant like of course you know like we all we both just kind of like looked at each other like what the fuck you know and then we came inside and uh i just kind of sat there for a while uh i, I don't know how long but I, I was there i guess probably at least an hour just sitting down in the kitchen just scrolling on my phone um yeah and i couldn't look away because you know it there, there was some irresponsible uh, journalism happening yesterday, and there was a, a number of outlets rushing to be first instead of being accurate, uh, and, and it was a little bit disgusting. And uh, for us to kind of have to go through the motions, and, and you know, that was a roller coaster for us. Uh, I just started thinking about uh, his family and them having to see that and hear these things and not know what's true and what isn't true. And you know, I my mind jumped immediately to you know I. I pray to God, you know, his, his family wasn't on the plane. I hope if anything, it's just him alone 
that's a you know it's still tragic and terrible and all everything else that we're gonna feel today and, and yesterday but uh you know at least i thought you know minimize minimize it you know because because worst case scenario if if someone else is involved that's a family member of his this is a uh, another layer something even more tragic maybe we really haven't seen before and uh it's exactly what ended up happening you know first some of the the rumors came out that his uh, daughter daughters plural may have been in it and then um you know it came out that there was none of them in it and then at the end we find out it's just gianna his his uh old so uh it's it, i mean it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking i you know, the, I, I keep saying this today and it's because I can't get out of my head and I'm not trying to bring anyone down on the podcast, but, uh, you know, I just keep thinking about the last moments that he must have had and, and she must have had and it, how, and all of them, not just those two in the plane. And, uh, it's sad, man. It's, it's sad. It's a tragic way to go. And, uh, you know, nobody deserves that. It doesn't matter who it is. And, uh, you know, a lot of people lost their lives yesterday in a, in a really unfortunate uh, and, and tragic random event. And uh, a lot of us feel empty today because of it. Um, it's just sad. I mean, I cried. I cried yesterday. Uh, I did. I, I don't care. I think a lot of people probably felt the same way or have cried. And, uh, you know, it's just really funny how people affect you, whether it's directly or indirectly. You never really know. Uh you know, last thing I, uh, I'll say, and, and I want to hear, you know, Mike's version, but uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law yesterday, and we, we were talking about that. Like, it's wild how people can indirectly affect your life. I mean, he's all the way in Los Angeles, you know? That was his career, 20 years with the Lakers, and uh, and we hated him for 20 years. We rooted against him, and it, and it was beautiful. It was, but it was never like, you know, like like, we actually hate Paul Pierce. You know what I mean? Like, we actually hate Paul Pierce. Like, Paul Pierce sucks, but like Kobe... Kobe, we hated. Like it was like a fun hate. Like, like we wanted to just beat Kobe. Everyone wanted to beat Kobe, and nobody could. And that's why it was. That's why you hated that them, was the game. Quote unquote, hate them. That's what. That, yeah, that that was the game, and that's why they made the commercial. But I mean, that's that's what it was. So, um, but but for me, it was like being able to watch that growing up, like watch him against Allen Iverson or against him against T Mac or you know Dwayne Wade or LeBron or whoever else he you know Melo, whoever else he played in those eras, and it was like. You know, that's the reason we fell in love with the game. That's the reason we fell in love with basketball was those stars. If the, those stars weren't there playing good basketball, when we started putting our eyeballs on the screen, we probably don't fall in love with basketball. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the good players, the good basketball, those beautiful plays, those beautiful moments that they create for us. And if we didn't get that as kids, if that's not what was on the TV playing, if, if somebody, somebody else was stinking it up when we were looking at it, maybe we don't care about basketball. Maybe... I, I don't watch the Knicks full time. Maybe I don't, you know, start tweeting about basketball or writing about basketball or, you know, maybe my life doesn't end up this way. You know, who knows where our paths would have been. And it, maybe it isn't that profound or that deep, but uh, it's, it's something that I, I think about and I think about often in this scenario. So. Yeah. My first conscious NBA memory is probably uh, Kobe throwing a lot to Shaq. And I was a big Shaq person growing up, so when they split, I was kind of just like, fuck Kobe for a while. And then my best friend, who I texted immediately when I got the news, like, yo, I think this might this might be true. We both had, he was the Kobe stan, I was the LeBron stan, and like, we just argue back and forth. 
And one thing he always beat me in, like, argument-wise, was the current players respect Kobe. And I think that shone through yesterday, where everyone seemed to have some sort of connection to him, and it wasn't, like, a bullshit one. It seemed like genuine conversations were had. So he was kind of like the grandfather of the league. So I didn't realize how much I would care once it actually happened. And, yeah, and... I feel like his post-career is when I started to actually give a shit about him. Uh, If you guys ever have the chance, read Boys Among Men. It follows him through high school to come up through high school. And he was pretty much an urban legend in Philly on the playground courts. Like, they're like, yo, Kobe's coming. Like, Omar from The Wire almost. And he was like that at Lower Marion, too. He's an eighth grader playing against high school kids. And for him to turn that into the closest one to MJ is bananas. And then for him to have... This final act kind of robbed from him, but still, he, you still got to see the early footsteps of it, of him just becoming like the OG of the league, of the OG of the basketball world, rather. So, yeah, that's pretty much the initial reaction I got. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about like to piggyback off of your end part of him at Lower Mary and everything. I was just, I don't know why it even clicked to me, but this morning, just pretty much the whole day, like I was watching. Uh, or I was thinking about the uh, Muse documentary and there's a part where he's pretty much talking about his rookie year and how he used to just drive around UCLA campus sometimes when he just was kind of out of it. And he was just uh, talking about pretty much he would drive around there. He'd see everybody having a fun time and he would kind of self-consciously ask himself if he made the right decision, whether it was to go pro or should he, should he went to college and things like that. And it's like, that's kind of who he was. He set the standard of, I want to be the fucking best player. And he kind of worried about the second part of his career, like you said, after. And it's just so unfortunate that he's two, three years into that part and this happens, you know? So it's just like, you kind of devote your whole life to basketball. Once you finally, you kind of have those subconscious feelings of what can I do other than basketball? And then you you just have it taken away from. So that's kind of, I was just thinking about that all day, and it's just very sad. Yeah, he was he was the most present superstar. Like every moment, no matter how big it was, you kind of felt that he knew what was going on, and you start to hear about him as a storyteller, and you could tell that in every moment. Like he after his final game, he texted Ramona Shelburne, like that last game was my life. Like everything about my life was brought into that game when he got 61 at the garden, he knew how much it meant. And when he won the fifth title, he said the the first thing he said was I got one more than Shaq. <laughs> so I don't think we'll see, I don't think we'll see anyone that understands the moment soaks it in and then is able to actually, it's like he almost narrated his life, which is extremely dope. And I don't know if you guys saw the jump T-Max said, that when they were younger, Kobe said he wanted to die young, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he changed from yeah, now I was, to that. I was, I was, I was thinking about that. Too. I saw that clip actually on my way home, and I was thinking, I was like, I wonder, Crazy. I wonder if, I wonder if he feel if he felt that same way, like now, he was, or he was like just, with the family and all that. But he was just such like an entirely singular figure, you know. Like they're like, I think the reason, one of the big reasons why everyone's feeling like such a feeling of loss here, despite like us not necessarily like having more than the, you know, respect from him from afar, not being a fan of of his team necessarily on the court. But 
like I, I feel like there's just this this respect and this kind of feeling that there is never there's never been a figure like Kobe Bryant. There's never been like a player like Kobe Bryant. There are people who do Kobe Bryant like things. There are things that Kobe Bryant did like other people. But I mean, just like the work ethic and like just the the like overall drive and like persona and I like just iconic like structure of him is like so singular. So I think like to have that kind of stripped away so surprisingly now, I think that's kind of like a big reason why like everyone's feeling such a such a strange like loss even though you know like it's it's still from this distance you know and like it's the same kind of like and we hear the people who knew him like up close and personal like we hear the things that like you know Ramona Shelburne we were saying before but like you know low too and like uh Ramona Shelburne uh, and um uh Rachel Nichols did a pod earlier today uh and like you know Ramona's telling all this shit about like Kobe checking up on her when she was going into labor and like you know, when he, like, he, after she had her kid and, like, everything and, like, just, you know, just even calling her sis and everything, like, it just feels like the people, the feeling that's coming from the people who knew him on a really personal level is, like, reflecting out there. And it, it's, it's, I, 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 it's just, it just kind of goes back to, like, he is a, he's, like, the one and only and had a, an impact on everybody, whether or not you necessarily agreed with everything he was. And, um, and yeah, so now to have that kind of sitting with us now, it's, there's going to be a before and an after for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but some of like the stories I heard resembled like LeBron with like the family, uh, the part with him texting Shelburne, if the baby was okay, Russell Westbrook had a couple of stories like that from OKC where he was very close to the people that he saw every day, not just the players, but like the event staff. So I just want to, I wonder, like, I guess as time moves on, we'll find out more how much of effect Kobe had as a role model. Like yeah. I know beyond basketball, I'm talking about like as a human being, but you so. still see it in like everything, you know, I mean, you saw it in Trey young last night, particularly. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, what I think about you, it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, you know, you saw it. I mean, I'm sure even though there were a lot of uh, mixed feelings to Kobe's participation in, and I mean, there was just a, a lot of mixed feelings and weird feelings around that kind of roster during Kobe's last two years, uh, you know, the Russell and Nick Young incident, of course, and just like kind of the general maturity of that locker room in comparison to what Kobe Bryant was. Uh, but I'm sure all of those guys have, you know, like they have very significant footprints from from even being around Kobe a short period of time like that, I'm sure. And I mean, it goes beyond that. I mean, you obviously, as everyone's been saying today, you can't really talk about Kobe unless you talk about him as a whole. Like he was a very flawed figure for very public reasons. Um, and and I, I think Rachel Nichols really put it well when I was listening to what she said before, where she said that, you know, every misstep and every public failure he's had, he he did have this moment where he tried to better himself from that. It wouldn't make him whole. It wouldn't make him perfect. But you could at least do. He could. There could at least be the afterwards. And I think you saw that in the way that you know he was, the way that he's been handling. He was handling Gianna before their deaths. The way that he, you know, was uh, an ambassador to the WNBA and both and you know just getting women and and children and girls into basketball in general and just kind of being there for the game still without necessarily drawing all the attention to himself. I just think that I think that he, he had a lot to give and I think he tried to give as much as he could as when he had the opportunities at that point. 
Yeah, and, and like you said, it's not perfect. This, it's not going to make a situation whole again. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I mean, that's kind of what we've been as a society anyway, which is uh, you've got to earn your keep after you make a mistake. And whether he did or didn't is you can certainly make that judgment on your own. Um, it's subjective. Of course. And uh, it's... It just is what it is. I mean, as somebody, I, I forget if it was Bill Plaschke or somebody, one of the other many fantastic articles I've read in the last 24 hours, but, you know, somebody said, you know, he spent 20 years being this immortal sort of invincible figure, you know, it, he couldn't possibly be one of us. And then the last three or four years, it finally felt like he was one of us, you know, like just going to his daughter's games and coaching and watching basketball at night and he he just became one of us basically and it made him relatable and you know more likable to certain people and he made, made, it, made it, said he, he was what he was beginning to look human again yeah he was beginning to look or he human was beginning again. to look like a human for the first time really you know yeah and it's just it's fair i don't know it's just very yeah just just sad man just very it's tragic there's no other word but it's tragic and, and you know even like and you're going to start seeing stuff too for his daughter, which is really nice. Yeah. And, and UConn had a really yeah, nice, that um, yeah, that was beautiful. T- you know, tip of the cap tonight. And, and they, they put a Jersey out with the number two for, uh, Gianna and a nice, uh, little bouquet of flowers. And, um, it was nice. And Gino Ariema was talking about them and, uh, tearing up as, as we, most of the time on that topic for, Two seconds, uh, as far as tributes and writings, yeah. like, is there anything, or is anybody here working on anything, uh, in the next couple of days, whether or not for the next wall or otherwise, or, uh, do you guys yeah. want to call out anybody who's kind of put anything out that you've read in the last couple of days? The Bill Blaschke article is probably the best thing uh, that I've read so far. Uh, Jamil Hill also had a good one. Yeah, I know. I read the I, I read the Plasky one. That was really good. That was the only one I read. Yeah, I know Bailey has a piece that he put out there too. Bailey Carlin, I have to check that out. Um, I think I'm gonna I might be doing something for it. That'd be nice. I started working on something. Yeah, I'm gonna for Nick's wall. I'm gonna be doing whether we should retire his 24. So I just kind of like it's nothing nothing strenuous, but I don't know. I think the Knicks should do it and. Yeah, I think I, I think that could be uh, a league-wide get, thing. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. One thing I'd like to see them do, and I, I tweeted it, and I think they're – it's not, like, exclusively my idea. I'm sure ever multiple, many people thought of this, but 8 versus 24 for the All-Star game would be yeah. really nice. And, yeah, I've, I've seen that a lot. And, that would be awesome. Yeah, and, and, and the Pistons already tonight, both – I think they split the roster and half came out in 8 and half came out in 24 or, or some shit like that. And, yeah. Uh, there can't be enough tributes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that would be that'd be really nice, you know, for the All Star game for them to really go all out. I think naming the naming the MVP trophy, the All Star MVP trophy over him after him, I think that's a easy like layup yeah. move for the league at least. At the I think we'll see, somehow, you know. I think oh, there'll be some changes there. I think, especially with uh, Stern's death as well this year. Um, I, I think the right. league will definitely be trying to, uh, you know, name a couple of these trophies after after some some really, you know, tragic losses of, of really big, I, you know, icons for the NBA. So uh, propelling figures for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's you know, I, I don't it's hard to put it all out in the open in a form like this. I feel like it's, it's hard to even think about kind of like what 
the next move to transition to is, but it's, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm always floored by like how this has set, how that set in over the course of that day. You know, it was like, I feel like we all kind of heard it and we all saw the TMZ thing and like it was being reported 20 minutes after the crash and everything. But I just feel like, I feel like at first it was like just complete shock, like any celebrity dying. And it just like it just got progressively more sad as the day went on, you know, and like, of course, there was all the the misreporting and the the conflicting news about whether or not there was, you know, the family was on board with them and who it was. And, you know, finally, for some to say that all the kids were on board and then none of the kids and then, you know, ultimately for it to be Gigi who was on board. Yeah, I mean, it's just once it kind of the final reporting settled in like and you kind of realized that like it wasn't going to change anymore that was kind of bad and it kind of started being you know like similar reporting from all outlets and everything like that it just got i I don't know it just got tough um that's when it kind of became more real for me and i remember like i was with people at the time i think i was getting ready to watch like jurassic park 3 or something but um like I, I was with people at the time. I remember like it really didn't totally set in for me until later on that night when I was finally by myself and I'm just, you know, you're kind of just alone with it for a sec, but I'm drinking vino tonight. I know that much. Yeah. There we go. Got the jersey hanging over yeah, my Marcus desk Morris, here. Marcus Morris really had the best quote on it. He said like Superman's not supposed to die until us. He was Superman. And I heard a lot of people say like different variations yeah. of that, where they thought he was immortal or just too big for, too big to die. And it was I think that was the more sobering part. Because even when I did see it, for some reason I did believe it initially. Like I had like a you know like that quick flash of like emptiness. That's when I texted my friend. I was like, Yo, I think this guy actually died. But I was kind of just still holding out hope. That was like a little Wayne situation where. They're like, oh, he's all right. He just had yeah, a seizure. Yeah, I saw TMZ got hacked was a report for a second, too. Um, it yeah, was just, it, it had technical difficulties two seconds Kobe, after. Kobe, like, really, like, epitomized, you know, like, work as hard as possible. Uh, you know, keep doing, like, you know, you, you like, no, you know, there's no time to complain. There's no time for failure. There's no time to, you know, there's no time to do anything but continue working. And like, you know, so you think a guy like that's going to be, you know, immortal. He's going to be, you know, live forever, everything like that. And then it's just like, I don't know. I I have a lot of thoughts on what to take away from Kobe and its legacy. And I I don't know whether I'm going to be able to get to the bottom bottom of them tonight. But I just know, like, it's really stunning when somebody who builds themselves up to be at the peak of what they are and everything they've aspired to be is like suddenly stopped in their tracks like that. I mean, like, do you know how much weight being the franchise player of certain organizations means? You know, it's like being the superstar of the Lakers means so much. You know, being the superstar of the Yankees means so much. Being, you know, the best player on a Barcelona or Real Madrid, like that means so much because you carry the tradition of truly great players that came before you multiple generations of truly great players that this, those are how like rich organizations are born. It's because every time they, they hit on somebody else and they carry the torch for a decade or so. 
and it, they just keep passing it to the next guy and the next guy, and then somebody eventually truly great comes in. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. It is. And to, to do that successfully and, and, like you said, achieve basically like he peaked, like he did everything he needed to do to fulfill that. Like, that's crazy, man. Like, a lot of us aren't ever going to get the opportunity to do that kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And he accomplished more in 41 years than we're going to be able to accomplish in, you know, 41 lifetimes. And I just think it's, it's, it's just, it's still surreal to me, man. Like, it doesn't feel real. It's, uh, it's Kobe, you know? Like, right. <laughs> that's, that's it doesn't it, it? It doesn't make sense. It's just crazy. Like he had, ever seen the graphic everywhere that like he had almost just as many points. You know, I, I forget whether eight or twenty four was oh, more, yeah, but he had like either way, equal. it was just about the equal amount yeah. of points. And it's just you know, I, it just feels like in the great, like in the scheme of his life. Like he had his playing his career, he had his number eight. Like he was supposed to get that same kind of greatness and brilliance in his after his career, his number his twenty four years, and it just feels like those twenty four years are the ones that were the ones taken away, and that's hard to grapple with because it's it's I mean especially everything else we were talking about, like what an ambassador he was to making this sport more equal and like basketball in general, like you know that to not have that to have to have that torch be taken on by somebody else, it feels. It, it feels tough because it feels like he had so much more to offer there. Yeah. And I don't want to downplay like the, the women's group stuff either, because like you could already see like the interest, like genuine hype interest building with his daughter at age 13. And I don't want to sit here. And, it's crazy. How yeah, much and I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh yeah, she was a lock to go to the WNBA because nobody really knows. But like she was balling, man. Like, UConn was definitely interested in her. She was like, Schools were definitely interested in it. Like, she was going to go somewhere to play basketball. And whether or not she got to the WNBA, I don't know. But it seemed like she was very much on that path. And it, it is disappointing to me. Like, you know, if anybody's paid actual attention the last decade, like, the WNBA has grown pretty considerably. And it, it's going to continue to grow. And, you know, like Anthony was saying, he's been a good ambassador to kind of push towards that. And, and help that. But I really think, like, imagine that moment where, like, she could have gotten to the league. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been a big deal, not just for the WNBA or for him, but, like, in basketball in general. I feel like that could have been, like, a, like a very important moment. And it, it really stinks that it feels like they knew that was going to happen, you know? It seems like that's what they were working towards, and, like, it stinks that we didn't get to eventually see that, you know? And it, it sucks, man. It just, no matter which way you think about it, it's just, it always makes you sad. Right. Like no matter which, uh, I guess, angle you want to look at it, whether you look at it about Gigi and that, or whether you feel like how, like, man, how does Vanessa feel like now? It's like no matter how you think about it, like it just gets worse and worse. No matter, no matter what, like it's it's uh, unfortunate, but yeah, it just it just seems like, or not, it seems like, but it was. It's just like every time you saw Kobe, he was with Gigi, and it's just like the whether they're on the court, whether they're out, or her games and all that. It's just. Uh, like you said, everything, everything was set for that trajectory for her to be uh, in the WNBA. You can't say anything's a lock, but the trajectory was definitely there. And it's, uh, I don't, um, I don't know how many NBA legends have had daughters in the NBA. I'm gonna doubt. I'm gonna say probably zero or one, but or very few, if any. But that would have been, like you said, something that would have been a very historic moment, like if that were to happen. So. 
Sorry, I'm just I'm about to watch the uh the free throws here. Oh, uh, we're at 58 on fun. We're at 58 on ESPN right now. Fun note about this: uh, when he takes the free throws, you'll notice he hits the first one. I saw I saw this today. Yeah, yeah so, from uh, that Ringer Ma- report. Yeah, from, Ringer, Ma- yeah. so Mike Tirico, uh, I think, I uh, was being interviewed, and I, 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 yeah, I don't know if everybody saw this already or not. But while we're on on this moment of the ESPN game, uh, I guess. Kobe makes his first free throw to get 59 points. Uh, as he gets the ball back to take, you know, go for the the 60th point, uh, Gordon Hayward very subtly, like, and very early steps over the line. He doesn't do it on the first free throw. He's totally still, you know, dead ball. And then the second the second one, you, you'll see he, in, like, intentionally sticks his foot out, and he does so. He looks to the ref here. He commits a violation. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so if Kobe had missed, he was giving him that second opportunity to get to 60. And it's like those little, it's like those little moments that, that oh. on the second look kill you, you know? It's like to, to see the respect that, like, this is a professional game with professional athletes. And Gordon Hayward is, is the star of the jazz at this point in time. And he's just like, yeah, fuck it. Nah, I'm, I'm down three in a winnable game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that Kobe gets an extra chance if he needs to. Like that just it's, happened. It, 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 it's <laughs> it's wild, man. Yeah, I, I will say talking about this now has been really cathartic. I know that it's been a, a, I I've, I definitely felt it personally. I think that we all kind of felt it personally on a certain level, but I definitely felt that loss personally in a shocking way. Um, and I know that I definitely haven't been like fully okay since i learned about that um i mean it's monday night that we're, we're recording right now and and i mean i started to you know and honestly it's it sounds real you know kind of corny to talk about it in these terms but the only real sense of relief that i was able to find was just kind of putting on the basketball game today i mean i just kind of threw on miami and orlando when i got home and it was just just kind of something about watching basketball being played and like kind of you know, just hearing the sounds of the game and everything kind of, I don't know, I guess normalized it a little bit more for me. Um, and, I, you know, watching, obviously, one of these Kobe games that are on TV as we're recording right now is also putting things into perspective. And I mean, just kind of talking about it. So I could feel like kind of the hold of it all starting to kind of subside and the shock of it all kind of starting to subside. And I think kind of we're all starting to get to that point now. But um Definitely, uh, definitely a moment where just, you know, just such a gripping, you know, period of time now. And I mean, it all gets put into perspective and, you know, we haven't said enough about how tragic it is. You know, we really can't enough be said about how tragic it is to, you know, have Kobe lost, but Gianna really not be able to, you know, live out the kind of dreams that were set ahead of her and everything. And not just her, but everyone else and the other little girl on the flight and all of them. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, there, those are hardworking parents. Those are hardworking coaches on board. That was a hardworking pilot who, you know, whatever ends up becoming of it may not have been out in, in uh, conditions he should have been out in, but surely wasn't of his own decision there. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of loss to be felt there. And, you know, it, it's been touching to see us as a whole kind of pay tribute to that and, you know, now that things kind of start to get easier, it, it still is tremendously hard for those families and everybody involved. So, you know, just, oh, you know, anything to kind of keep hearing from them and it, keeping them in our thoughts and everything is super important. All right, real quick. 
I got Kobe eight, eight or twenty four. Everybody. Uh, I got twenty four. Uh, I, I just think that's like I said earlier, just the the height of his powers, fully mastered his craft, and and I enjoyed watching that one the most. I agree with that. Eight, I think I. Yeah, he's definitely the cooler one though. It was definitely the cooler one. Had right. all the flair, right. all the all the fire. Undeniably, yeah, yeah. why we love that player in the first place for like sure. Yeah, that eight yeah, jersey yeah. just kind of twenty four is like twenty four is like you had, you had an appreciation towards the end. You know, yeah. like you, you've been you've been doing all the hating for like 12, yeah. 13, 14 years, and then like all right, then like you start you start to get into the twenty four yeah. years, and you're like all right, like he's beating up on Dwight. You're like, well, what, what can we do here? He beats the Celtics. All right, well, he beat the Celtics. That's a big win for me. You know, I, I'll take it. Uh, I, li- I like having the ultimate Kobe at the end in 24, but I kind of I like the idea of like young scrappy, you know, kind of like was, was a Afro Kobe. Yeah. Was a first, Kobe. In the first like two, like the first like two or three 24 years though, man, he was something fucking different. 81 was in eight, right? He was wearing eight when he got 21, 81, uh, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think I he think was so. in eight, yeah. I think so. That was one of the last 24 years, is like, yeah. 24 is like, a, I think like a year or two after that. It's one of those weird years because uh-huh. like eight to me is like forever associated with like Showtime style jerseys. And then right. you right. kind of yeah, right. like those those weird kind of crossover years where they went to like the kind of newer Lakers styles or like the Kobe era Lakers jerseys. And then... uh he still, he, but though he still had eight rolling on that. Like I'm just like th- those are so yeah. weird to look at to me. But yeah, it, I I definitely have the Showtime eight hanging on my desk chair at work right now. Um, Does Brandy taking Brandy to prom count as Afro Kobe? Uh, it, I that's that's an insane he flex. Was, uh, One way or another, so it's peak Afro. I don't think I had the Afro. That's the roots of the Afro right there. Honestly, that's crew cut. Yeah, that's crew cut Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, you know not to take everyone away from their Knicks this week. That I know that you're all dying to hear about uh, another missed week without the Maple Mamba. Um, but we need to, you know, we need to have this moment of catharsis. I think at least amongst the four of us. And you know, I know everyone's kind of had their their Kobe covered for the day. I know it kind of took me a while to get into listening to the various podcasts that came out and reading the various articles and everything. Uh, but I think it's good that we all kind of say what we need to say and get it out there. And, uh, and now we can kind of move along and, you know, there's always going to be the before and there's always going to be the after and like the NBA is always going to be changed by this. And, um, but you know, at this point, at least like we've had our, we all, I, I feel like I've had I've gotten the chance to say what I need to say, and I think the other things I have to say will come out in due time. But um, yeah, I, I I feel good about where I'm leaving off at this point. You guys got anything else you want to throw into the ring here? Uh, one story that I don't know if it's true, but I figure I don't know if you guys heard it. So apparently there was one practice where Shaq was just eating pizza like a pizza box, and Kobe was like yelling at Phil about people not wanting to win and then he smacks the pizza out of Shaq's hand and it's the ground the Shaq just starts going it. ape shit so I don't know if that's true <laughs> I believe that I <laughs> yeah I mean if, if, if anybody if anybody is doing story. that it's that man right there so uh, now the last thing I was going to say though was uh, just you know about Ann saying you know sorry about you know us not talking about the Knicks uh, sometimes it's just bigger than our basketball team and sometimes when 
for the last two or three weeks, all they've done is play the same veterans and we have the same issues and we're all just kind of waiting for the trade deadline. Uh, there's only so many ways that I can repackage uh, that we need to play the kids and, and whatever else. But um, the, the, the point here is sometimes things are a little bit broader. And if you're a fan of the Knicks, you should also be a fan of basketball and, and the NBA. And, uh, you know, it's it's a big day. It's, it's a big loss for everybody in that aspect. And, and if you're a fan of that sport, uh, that we all should love dearly. If you're listening to this podcast anyway, uh, you you should know and understand that too. So sorry we didn't talk about our shitty team this week. We'll pick it back up next week. Uh, definitely. Definitely bigger than basketball here. Uh, and it's just like him itself, like him in general, like you hear the term larger than life and like things like that. And like that's truly like what he was, you know? So uh, like if you appreciate basketball, you – know who he is you love this man but he was more than basketball he was kind of he's a staple of success you know like he's a staple to la he's a staple to hard work he's a staple to uh just being an icon like he's just like so it's so much more than him just being kobe bryant the basketball player and uh uh kobe bryant the family man like all like all these things like staple of family so just like he had so many uh roles he filled he filled over time and uh it's cool like all of us were like even though like we didn't know him but you felt like you felt like you were there for the whole ride and it's uh that's i think that's why it hurts for everybody because everybody feels the same way because they just felt like they were part of it as well so uh look all all of us our earliest memories man right all of us your earliest memories of basketball in the NBA. Yeah. That that's who you remember. The same, Anybody of this generation, anybody. like he was there. And, and just how the yeah. same way ten years from now, when LeBron's retiring, that's gonna be the LeBron era on all the kids that yeah. were born, yeah. you know, when he was coming into the league and, and were kids when he was coming into the league and watched his whole career. Like then then you're gonna start seeing them pay how it, it's the cycle. And you know, growing growing up, what did we hear from Kobe and T Mac and AI and all those other guys? Jordan. You know, they want to be like Jordan. They want to be like Magic Bird, whatever, right? It's a cycle. It's the cycle. And that's the beautiful thing about basketball. And the lasting impression of these guys is that they can pass it down. But uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm sure we're all happy we got to see yeah, him, though. I got to see him play end, live so. twice. I'm very, very happy. That's man. awesome. That's good. See, that's I, good. I need to see LeBron I'm, out. If I don't get to see LeBron yeah, play live, I got to I'm see him go in crazy. Boston. That was a good one. And then I got this. Ooh, yeah, and this one. was like good, the good Celtics. Like, I think this was like 2010. And uh, it was a good game. And then I got to see him at the Garden. Melo had like 32 in the first half. This was the fun year, 2012-13. Melo had like 32 in the first half, scorching. Uh, and, and Kobe was playing like shit. And then uh, Melo got injured. Couldn't uh, return in the second half. And then Kobe went just bananas in the second half. Had like 24 second half points. Uh, brought them back very close to to tying and, and coming back and winning and Nick's held on. It was, it was just, you know, at least like for me, like that's, that's a little win. You know, I didn't get to go out to LA and see him in Staples, but like little win, like I got to see like a, a little prime vintage Kobe thing. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. always showed like mad respect for wherever he was. That's why like, like he had like a little soccer vibe to him or like in soccer. He did. If they like Ronaldo, if he that whole team, he does that club. And the garden loved them. Yeah. And he has like, yeah, he was a perfect blend of like the American braggadocious and 
the humble European style of like yeah. honoring where you're playing. Because he grew, up, you know, I think it really has to do with him growing up FIBA like that and growing up, uh, oh, yeah. you know, growing up Italian, growing up all that. It just like he, well-rounded. It just made him be able to be, yeah, just experienced and like absorbed by so many different cultures. You know, it, it's it's really I think a lot of what made him such a you know remarkable and marketable you know athlete and human and just kind of like figure that uh i think i think that people and general people could relate to at the very least his work ethic so i think that at the end of the day that's what i take away from kobe more than anything um but anyway um let's leave it here guys why don't you guys all kind of plug uh anything you got coming up and drop your twitter handles uh, so same old, same for me. Uh, I also now have a job at Whistle Sports, so please follow us there to keep me employed. Uh, also, I have a podcast there. Uh, if you yeah. like spending money on gambling, I might have the podcast for you. It's called 300 Seconds. That is a uh, dollar sign for the S because we're smart and witty, and that's why we got the job we got. So I need you guys to subscribe to that if you can. It's a short five-minute podcast. Uh, you don't even have to listen to it if you don't want to, but at least subscribe so that the download happens so that I stay employed. But either way, you should enjoy it. It's fun. Just just the picks. We're going we're gonna to have uh, props and parlays this week, and then we're going to have uh, the actual game lines and picks for the Super Bowl. So we're going to go through a bunch of stuff, but very short to the point. Uh, that's it, basically. Uh, I got some other stuff coming up that I'll uh, talk to you guys about hopefully next week. Uh, it was going to be this week, but in light of the... Uh, the stuff going on, I, you know, you got to put some things off. So uh, excited about it, though. Just not not right now. All right. Uh, Mike, what do you got coming up? All right. Yes, uh, the piece I mentioned, I'm going to do a blog on whether the Knicks should retire Kobe's 24. Uh, while you're there for now, though, Head over to the nextwall.com. Brandon Campbell also put a great piece on Mike Villa, Mike Miller versus David Fisdale, what the difference has been between the two coaches. Hint, Mike Miller has a brain. Um, and, yeah, and then I think Dylan has a piece coming out in the morning, so check it out. All right. Aaron, you want to plug your handle? Uh, anything you got going on? Uh, not much. Uh, check me out. I'll probably be doing some live tweeting uh, for some of the games sometime soon. Um give me a follow at underscore underscore you see it um it's really all i got all i got is some fire tweets and some fi- and some fire means follow this man too. it's not it's all about quality man it's <laughs> yeah. all about quality. if aaron isn't by a thousand in july i'm it's just, pulling it's up on disgusting. the first person just smacking the shit y'all heard them. Just, y'all heard them. it's disgusting heard them. there's there's at least a thousand <laughs> of you subscribed to this podcast i know for a fact at least minimum a thousand. If you don't follow, if at me, least if at least fifteen of you don't you. find your way to Twitter to follow this man. <laughs> yep. Uh, so follow at the next wall. Follow at TKW Podcast. You can follow me too at Corbo Anthony. Uh, go check out all the other pods on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, I know that Laker Filmer has plenty to say about Kobe. Uh, there should be plenty of other tributes throughout the network. So. Uh, if you still feel like you need a little bit more time with it, uh, we definitely have a couple of options for you. 
Um, and we will be back uh, talking about the Knicks next week. We have a couple of games on the schedule. Um, yeah, not much more else to say, but, uh, you know, hopefully this was a fitting enough tribute uh, to Kobe from a couple of Knicks fans on the other side of the country. Um, yeah, so that's all we got for you this week. We'll talk to you all next week. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast.